celebrate. What a way to come in. His amazing grace, the reason why all of us are here. It's a wonderful day to be in church. Amen? Amen. 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 Well, we want to get right to it. First, before we get out in the aisles and greet one another, I want you to know that our tote ministry is still going on. There's still a few things. If you can go by the booth out here in the lobby, there's still a few things that we can buy for the tote ministry. That's the school supplies for all the sixth graders here in Middletown. Also, here at Stratford Heights, we have a membership class, a growth track membership class. If you've ever uh, wondered about, you know, what our church believes or how we're set up, how our structure works, and or you just want to get to know your church better, on Wednesday night, starting at 7 o'clock, this coming Wednesday night for three weeks, we will have a membership class. You can come and be a part of that, and you can find all, all the ins and outs of Stratford Heights. And last, but definitely not least, I want you to direct your attention to the back doors and look at our pastor back there. This past week, this past week was his birthday, and we want to say happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear pastor. If, you, if you're like, oh, man, I didn't realize it was his birthday, I'd like to get him a card or something. Well, you, it's just right that next week, next this coming Sunday, a week from today, is Pastor Appreciation. We will have a special speaker that day, Bishop Bill Isaacs, our former overseer. He will be here to share, and uh, we are going to appreciate our pastor this coming Sunday. And uh, you can bring all the thanks and all the gifts and all the gift cards for Olive Garden and and all the $20 bills that you can bring and come and bless the pastor. He, he absolutely hates me saying that. Yeah, he's, <laughs> I think I'm fired. So God bless you all. We'll see. Yeah. Well, we love you all. Thank you so much for being here today. We appreciate you so much for being here. The house is packed. Thank you if you're visiting. We're glad that you're here. We're going to get out now and welcome each other into the house of God. Bye. 
Welcome to my birthday party. <laughs> All of a sudden, it dawned on me while I was standing back there. I have never had so many people singing happy birthday to me at the same time. Pretty awesome. Thank you for being here today at Stratford Heights. We have a wonderful church, a church that loves each other. So much going on. You are in the right place. No matter who you are, you are welcome here. You know, it doesn't matter where you're from, where you've been. It doesn't matter anything. What matters is that you are loved by God and loved by us. So welcome this morning. Amen. And I've been known to talk to Australia, who's watching us live at 2 o'clock in the morning all the way across the pond. Good morning, guys. Hello. And uh, also, Dios le bendiga. Amen. <laughs> so you never know where I'm going to be talking from. Before it is over, I may talk French. You'll never know. <laughs> Somebody's like, are we at church or at a comedy show? What's <laughs> you are at church. We're going to go before the Lord in prayer. How many of you this morning would say, I have a very special need in my life with my family? Amen. And if you'll, if you'll allow me to, if you'll indulge me for just a moment, I want to come back here. It's a young lady who broke my heart this week. And I just want to hug her. Bree, God bless you. So glad you're here today. This week, I was honored to be a part of the homegoing for John Mullins, 22 years old, grandson of Pat and Tom Spade, son of Carrie back there next to Mama, and the fiance of Bree Scott. And I'm so glad they're here this morning in church. How many of you know he's the God of all comfort? <laughs> Bree is, lift, lift your hand, Bree. I know they saw me hug you, but that's Bree. I want the Stratford Heights Church of God to absolutely love on this young lady and pray for her. I want her to leave today with so many hugs, she didn't know what hit her. She was scheduled to be married August 13th. Engagement photos had been taken, and the love of her life was taken from her in this life with a promise that there's a resurrection day coming, and he had faith, and so her being here this morning just secures a golden ticket to make sure that they see each other again, but I want us to lift Bree up in prayer. Will you do that with me? Amen. Also, I understand, I see Brother Glenn back there. Brother Glenn, we love you. We're praying for you. My friend, so glad you're here today. In a moment, I want several men to step back over there and have prayer with them as we go to prayer. I see the Carpenter family is here. We're praying for Brother Daly Carpenter. Every time I think or every time I pray, I'm praying for him and for his family. Let's continue to remember him. Let's remember Virgil, who, Virgil Amberg, who needs 
a miracle from God. Just so many different needs. We're praying for the Mullins family, and we're praying for Sister Betty Ellis, who is here. Betty, you're back here, and we love you that you're here this morning. Your memorial service for your son, Tony, will be this afternoon. And here you are in God's house. I want us to pray for Sister Betty. She is another one that has broken my heart. Would you slip up your hands so they know who they're praying for? There she is. Would you lift her up in prayer and her family? So much. You know, and this is reflective of what's going on in the world around us. Isn't that right? We need to lift one another up. How many of you know there's enough strife and stress out there? In here needs to be love. So we love you. We're praying for you. I'll be there with you this afternoon. And we're going to continue to lift one another up and encourage one another in the Lord. But as we go to prayer, we're believing God to touch these needs and your needs. And I've just received a little note here saying that Brother Troy Flannery, who would be standing right about there, back in the back with his usher jacket on, is having some, some side effects from the chemo treatments that he's going through. So I want us to remember him. This is a time to stop everything and to pray. How many of you believe in the power of prayer? I've often said it. Gatlinburg said this part. They said, prayer changes things. I added something quite a few years. Someday I'll see it on a plaque in Gatlinburg. Prayer changes things. Without prayer, nothing changes. It's important that we pray. It's important that we pray. Amen. So we're also going to pray not only for these needs today, but we're going to get a hold of the Lord for our country. Can you say amen? In a state where we need it more than ever before. And also, we never fail to remember the state of Israel in our prayers. Let's pray together. Our Father, as we come before you today, we thank you. We honor you. We bless your name. I know and realize, Lord, that you are the God of strength, the healing God, that you are a God of provision, that you are a God of great comfort. I pray that you will comfort these families that have lost loved ones. I pray, Lord, that you would touch them, strengthen them by your Holy Spirit, especially as the difficult days come in their path. And God, they go through so many different emotions. Touch their hearts, minister to them. Touch these that we've called out, Brother Virgil, Brother Glenn, Brother Daly. Lay your hand upon them, God. Touch them in the name of Jesus. I'm reminded as well to be praying, Lord, this morning for Brother Bob Hamilton. Lay your hand on these gentlemen, these folks that need a touch from God, a miracle from the Lord. Would you touch their hearts, minister to their needs, and let your work be done. And Lord, for every hand that was lifted up, we pray in every circumstance and situation. You're not a God of yesterday. You're not a God of 2,000 years ago. You're a God of right now. You're a God who was and is and is to come. And we thank you that we can bring every care to you now. And we do. We realize and know the importance of bringing our burdens, bringing our situations and our cares to you. And as we do, we are assured as David cried out to the Lord, it says you heard him and you delivered him. We're looking for deliverance this morning. We thank you for this in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we pray for our country, seemingly violence and trouble on every hand. We pray, God, for every city. We pray for protection over the people. Lord, over those in authority, uh, the first responders, we pray for them as well. We pray, God, that you would touch and minister to the confusion and the chaos everywhere. Lord, it's a political nightmare right now in the United States. And I just pray that in the name of Jesus Christ, you will bring a peace that surpasses all understanding. And that we will all recognize at the end of the day 
There is only one answer for this world, and that is found in Jesus Christ. We give you the honor, we give you the praise, and we thank you this morning that all is well as long as we are safe in the haven of rest. We give you honor today. We thank you for we pray these things, and we pray over the state of Israel, praying your protection, praying your blessing, praying your strength, that you will keep her, that you, God, will seek. We seek the good of Israel as you bring the peace of Jerusalem. We thank you for these things. We honor you today. We feel blessed now because we can worship and we can praise you because we have recognized you as the God of all power and of all presence. And Lord, you are our God of mighty strength. And we give you honor today and thank you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we all pray. And everyone agreed and said, Amen. Amen. Can you say Amen? Amen. Amen means it's done, it's settled. Well, praise God. You can be seated. Our ushers are coming to serve you today. And as they do, let me thank you for those who understand. And listen, I'm going to be a pastor for a moment. God will always, this church is 100 years old, so I'm not coming to you from the church. I'm coming to you as a fellow brother and Christian in the Lord. I hope that you have learned and understood the word of God in teaching about obedience and giving. It's important that we, or even the world says it. The world in leadership, if you'll read through many of the books that are out there, they'll, they'll talk to you about your giving, about your charities, about that part of your giving is that it's so important to the soul and to the mind. Nonetheless, more important to the child of God. If you've not yet discovered the strength and the power that is found in your giving, then I challenge you this morning. We believe in tithe here in our church. We pay our tithes. I pay my tithe. And in, that, in doing that, I have found that God has always met my needs always come through. How many of you would, would testify this morning and you would say, because of my giving, whether it be in missions, offerings, or tithe, I have always found that God meets my needs. Amen. Amen. Don't neglect it. Don't let it get away from you. It's important. You know, back when I was very young, Judy handed me, at 18 years old, she handed me a little box. And in that box had a whole stack of envelopes for the year. And my number was 114. That was my account number. And that whole box was there, and it reminded me every week to pay my tithe to God, to give in thankfulness to what He's given to me. You know, if it come down to how thankful I am, well, I should give it all, shouldn't I? About three people said, hey, man. The rest of you said, I'm going to McDonald's after church. <laughs> If I was giving because of my thankfulness or giving back to him because of what he had blessed me with, then I'd give it all. But he doesn't require that. He wants you to give from your heart. He says he loves a cheerful giver. So don't give begrudgingly. As a matter of fact, I'm the weirdest pastor you'll ever meet. If, it's, if you're hanging on to that thing and you are just having a hard time letting it go, just keep it. Is that all right? Just keep it. I'm looking for people who'd say, 
God, everything I have is yours. And I give back to you because you've given to me. And the Bible says when we do that, he will give pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Amen. Father, we come to you. As we come this morning, we come thanking you for what you have done and how you have blessed us. Lord, we'll, we'll always have food on our table. We'll always have a roof on a, over our heads as we trust in you. You said, take no thought for these things. So, Lord, we give this morning cheerfully. We give out of a heart of, of, of thankfulness and gratitude. We thank you for how you've led our church. We're so excited, Lord, as we move into a new phase of ministry with this new opportunity through the tool of this new ministry facility. I ask your blessings and your strength to be with us as we organize infrastructure and systems in order to accommodate and use this to the glory and honor of God. I pray for our people that they'll be blessed, that, Lord, it will not become some kind of financial stress to our church, but, Lord, that we'll over and abundantly be able to take care of the needs so that we can continue to do ministry. I thank you for the missionaries that we support this morning, all loose offering going to world missions. We thank you, Lord, that we do this because in it we have found that there's always enough in the bottom of the barrel. We love you this morning. We give according to our heart. We give you honor and praise for it all. Now meet every need from missionaries to the church, to the community. In Jesus' name, amen. I hear people all the time talk about the kinds of music that they like. Some, of them, some people like old time. Some people like fast. This here is a great song if you like old time music. These are David's words. Hear my cry, O Lord. Attend unto my prayer. From the ends of the earth will I cry out to Lead me to 
this morning. There is somebody here that is feeling overwhelmed. For thou has been a shelter unto me. He's your high tower against the I love this right here. And when my heart is over, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. You are higher. That is higher than I. You are higher. You are so. Thank him for the protection that is put over you every day. Lord, I thank you for watching over me, Lord. Lord, I thank you for going before me. Oh, I praise you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. I glorify your name. We welcome you here, Lord. There's a mighty river flowing. There's a mighty river flowing in this place. Tell them. There's a mighty river flowing. Mighty river. A mighty river flowing in this place. 
I'm gonna sing that again, yeah. There's a mighty river flow. Mighty river, mighty river flow. In this place. There's a mighty This is a time to receive right now. This is a time. There's a mighty over and touch the person next to you. There's a mighty river. Would you stand all over the congregation? Would you just turn to maybe two or three folks standing right there in your just your little area right there? Would you just find a couple of folks to pray for this morning? 
Spirit of God is here in a mighty way. You need not leave like you came today. Father, I pray for every family. I pray for every husband, every wife. Pray for every need represented here today. Let your work be done, God. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord is moving. I sense the Spirit of God is here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lord. There's a river flowing in this house. And it is provision. And it is healing. And it is deliverance for you this morning. Power of God is here. The power of God is flowing. There's a mighty river flowing, mighty river flowing in this place. Hallelujah. Now, won't you lift your hands and thank the Lord for the moving of His Spirit? Who knows how much has been accomplished in just these few moments? Get in the presence of God, and anything can happen. Nothing is too hard for Him. Why, you might walk out of here healed today because the power of God is here. You might not know where the, where the paycheck is going to come from. God may be working and orchestrating it all out because of this prayer this morning. I'm believing for deliverance. I'm believing for you to have the very answer to your heart's cry in this house this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. I want the choir to sing. They've got another song before we preach this morning. How many of you are redeemed? You've been redeemed. You've been washed by the blood of the Lamb. The power of God has touched your life. Could we one time just give the Lord a wonderful round of applause and praise? He's so worthy. Hallelujah. If you'll praise Him, the enemy will flee. Amen. We praise you, Lord. We honor you, Jesus. We bless your name in your house today, God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. The Bible says if you will resist the enemy, he will flee from you. How many of you know part of resisting is just being in the presence of God and praising praising him if you you begin to praise him you, it's like he cannot stand that the enemy runs as a matter of fact i'm gonna do something that, that some of you've seen me do before but I'm, i feel like doing it right now some of you've come in distracted you're attacked you've got all kinds of stuff going on the devil has weaved some little skit or plan a device a trap for you and you're about to ready to fall in i'm praying right now i rebuke the enemy and every lie and every deception I, I put him out. I cast him out of this church. I put him out on Braille Boulevard. He got to find somewhere else to be this morning. Hallelujah. Praise God. 
Do you believe in the power of prayer? Or are you just some religious person? You sit back and you have your cute little prayers and that's all you got. Hey, I got a God who's omnipotent and all-powerful God who is able to do anything and he's alive. He is alive. He's on the throne right now and he's in this very house. He's not a God of 2,000, 6,000 years ago. He was. But how many of you know he's a God of right now? He is alive and he's here in our midst. His word says, if two or three of you are gathered together in my name, he said, there am I in the midst of you. How many of you know the Lord is here? He's here. That that you feel, that that you're feeling right now in your heart, that's God. You've searched and wandered around, thought, does he, is he even there? Is he real? Does he know where I am? Is God real? Check inside you right now. The Spirit of God, like the song says, is like a river flowing through this place. If you'll get outside yourself, if you'll stop being mad, if you'll get over it and forgive, if you, won't, if you won't let bitterness rob you of a good presence of the Lord in this house this morning, if you will let it go, what's like Queen Elsa or somebody sings, let it go? Let it go. Let go and let God. Let go and let God. He's here this morning. Sing to us. I love this song. Because he redeemed me, I can live a victorious life. Don't let the devil defeat you. Seems like all I could see was the struggle. I was haunted by ghosts that lived in my past. He forgave me. <laughs> Bound up in shackles of all of my failures. I was wondering how long is this gonna last? Then he looked at this prisoner and said to me, son, stop fighting the fight. That's already been won. I am redeemed. You said.
hear you whisper, child, lift up your hand. I remember, oh God, you're not done with me yet. I am redeemed. You set me free. So unshake all these heavy chains. But when I 
hear you whisper, child, lift up your head. I remember, oh God, he's not done with me yet. I am redeemed. You set me free. Oh, do it with me. So I shake off these heavy chains, wipe away every stain. got word about Brother Troy Flannery, and I wanted to pray for him, but we just got word. There's a lady in, in Oklahoma right now, and they have called our church to prayer. Her name is Becky, and without a miracle of the Lord, she has no hope in this life. How many of you know God can touch her? I believe there's enough power in God and faith in this room in that same God that we can touch him for her need. Would you help me pray for Becky and let's pray for Brother Troy Flannery right now. Father, we come to you. We ask you to touch and minister. Meet the need here represented, Lord. Would you touch Sister Becky? Would you lay your hand on her from her head to her feet? Let her feel the power of Almighty God. We know that you died on the cross for our sins and for the healing of our nations. We ask you to touch and minister to her. Let your life and strength now surge through her body. We're looking for a miracle and asking God for you to go. There are no boundaries. that you, you can cross state lines with our prayers. You can go a thousand miles away and you're able to you're able to minister. We honor you today and we bless your name, Lord. Ask you to touch her and minister to her body physically in the name of Jesus. And God, we're asking that you would touch Troy Flannery. Lay your hand on him. Minister strength and healing to him as he's going through these treatments. Touch him by your Holy Spirit. Let him sense and feel the power of God at work. 
And we praise you. We thank you, Lord, for these needs. For we understand and know we're not just here doing a church service, but we have come into the presence of Almighty God. And we love you this morning. And we praise you for the encounter that we're having with your Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And everyone said amen. Amen. Do you believe he hears us? Amen. Amen. I do too. If you'll remain standing, I want you to look in your word this morning. I want you to go to a very famous verse of scripture when it comes to revival. Made mention of it probably a hundred times in different sermons I've preached throughout the years. It's a famous, I mean, this one is like a formula. Revivalists, evangelists use this scripture over and over again. But I don't believe I've ever just used it as my text. But I am this morning. I feel this is where we are. When I look at you, I am blown away. Do you realize this church house is packed this morning? The power of God is moving in our midst. He's bringing new people to our church. Every week I'm meeting brand new families, brand new folks. I'm so thankful for you. And I'll tell you what, the Lord isn't blessing just, you know, with a, you know, a man and a woman who come and visit. Although that, we have that, a lot of that. But I mean, he's sending armies. We've got people with beautiful, beautiful kids and all kinds of families. They're hitting every department in the church. It's beautiful to see the way God is growing our church. You need to take notice. Turn around and find people that you don't know and help us, you know, to welcome them into our congregation and into our church. And on a regular basis, be seeking out people that we can uh, minister to and be in fellowship with. How many of you know it's good to be in church together? Especially a church that's full of love where the power of God is at work, and there are answers to prayers. I said this Wednesday night, what good, what good is our connection and our faith walk and our obedience and, and our prayers if it's not making contact with the God who hears us? God ain't changed. God don't change. I want to tap in. Wherever, if it's a river, I want it to be, I want a river. If it's fire, count me in. Whatever it is, I want in on the power, the connection that takes me straight to the throne. And we said, come boldly before my throne. I want to come boldly before the throne of God. And I want to see answers to prayers. We've seen them. I remember the night Sister Linda came down to the altar on a Sunday night and God healed her right instantly. Power of God fell in this altar. I remember there's... There's testimonies about Mike and testimonies about Elaine. And we just go on, Terry Martin. Several have, have had healing. How many of you would testify and say, hey, don't leave me out, Pastor. I had an answer to prayer. I had a healing in my life. God has touched my life. Amen. I believe in a God who answers prayer. Otherwise, we're all wasting our time. Let's go get a coffee. If he's not a God who hears us, he's real, he's powerful. He's a mighty, awesome God, and he's a God of his word. If he's not the God of his word, then we're wasting our time. But how many of you have found like I have? He is a God of his word. He is a God of power and might. If you have not yet, if you have not yet discovered the power of God, the mighty power of God that comes in relationship with him, then I challenge you to keep going a little bit deeper. Get in there until you discover how rich and how real he is. The things of this world, the old song says, will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Since I've come to know him, I'm not hungry for the things of this world. I don't care about them. 
I don't care about them. I'm not attracted to the things of this world. I'm not attracted to its amusements. Thank God I don't have any willpower to, or, or want to, to, to go out there and get involved in all their sin and greed. I go past that casino all the time. And if somebody says, well, you live right around the corner from that, is it hard for you? And I said, no. I go by and I pray for the cars that go in. And I look at them and I'm like, shame on you. Does your wife know you're here? <laughs> I'm not perfect, but I have tapped in to the presence of God, and He keeps me. He keeps me. And He's promised in His Word to present me faultless. And so as long as I keep humbling myself, laying myself flat down on the altar, as long as I stay in that mode of surrender, I guarantee you I'm going to continue to see answers to prayers. We're going to continue to see mighty moves of God, and I'm going to be able to walk just like you're going to be able to walk. How many of you know the ground is level at the cross? Every one of us are the same. And that's the awesome strength and power of God. You probably want to know what my scripture text is that I told you about. I want you to turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. You can probably quote it with me. I'm going to read down through verse 16. This is where we are. If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves, say humble, and pray, say pray, and seek my face, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, say turn, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin. And I will heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers made in this place. For now I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever. And my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually, continually, always. Can you say amen to the reading of God's word? Thank you, Lord, for your word. Bless it today. So we desire nothing more than to be challenged and spoken to by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. I'm going to try it. I feel led to do this this morning. He's there. He's a God who is there always. He's the power that you and I need. I wonder how it must have felt when David stood to face Goliath on a hill. Well, I imagine that he shook with all his might till you took his hand and held on tight. Cause you were there, you were there in the midst of danger snare. You were there, you were there 
always. You were there when the hardest fight seemed so out of reach. Oh, you were there. You are always there. You're always there. So there he stood upon that hill. Abraham with knife in hand was poised to kill. But God in all his sovereignty had bigger plans. And just in time, you brought a lamb. Because you were there, you were there in the midst of the unclear. You were there, you were there always. You were there when obedience seemed to not make sense. Oh, you were there. Lord, you were always there. You were always there. So haven't I learned that my ways are not as high as yours are? That you alone, you keep the universe from crumbling into dust. You are God and though we've not always understood you. There you were, hanging blameless on a cross you would rather die than leave us in the dark for every moment every grand coincidence it all makes sense with your last breath cause you were there you were there during history's darkest hour. You were there, you were there always. You were the victor and the king. You were the power in David's swing. You are the calm in Abraham. You were the God who understands. You are the strength when I have none. You are the living Holy One. You were, you are, and you will always be the risen Lamb of God. Can you praise Him this morning? He is there. He is always there. You are, you were, you are the risen Lamb of God. 
Hallelujah. You know what? I felt impressed early this morning that someone needed to hear that he's there. He's always there. If there's anything good that ever happens in your life, it's God. And anytime we take it out of God's hand and we decide we're going to manage it, we're going to control it, we're going to make it happen, whenever we do that, we lose, man. We lose big time. There is only one way to a road of peace and contentment, and that is the road that leads us to Calvary. That's the road that leads us straight to the cross of Jesus Christ. I don't serve God out of religion. I serve him out of relationship because he's a God who is real this morning, and he's there. He was the power in David's swing. If there was a miracle anywhere in Scripture, when those waters parted, there wasn't one child of Israel that could stand and say, wow, look what happened. Look what we did. Look at what we accomplished. They didn't have nothing, no more than we have anything. You have about as much as they did, nothing. And yet we have a big, big God who is able to perform miracle after miracle after miracle. That's why I get excited. That's how I know that what I believe and what I'm here for today, it's good weather. I could go out there and, and go to a park and have fun for the day, but I am in God's house because there's no place on the face of this earth more important than on the Lord's day, me being in his house. There's nothing more important than me. I don't get up and wonder if I'm going to come. Well, I'm the pastor. I guess I got to. I don't ever wrestle back and forth with it. I don't wonder. I don't think about it. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to go. I don't know if I'm going to. It's the Lord's house. Parents, should I go here? You want less trouble at home? Get your kids to the house of the Lord. Get your kids in church. You want them to know the presence of God? Keep them in the presence of God. The presence of God will turn the tide in their lives. You and I, we, as we approach the end of time, we're in the last days, if you didn't know that. The coming of the Lord, the messages given out. There were three messages given out last Sunday. Those messages all centered around the fact that the Lord is saying, shake it up. Shake off everything that's hindering you. I'm getting ready to come, and my church must be ready. The church must be ready. Well, who's the church? You are, I am. We are the church. So easy to point fingers and say, well, you know, the church needs revival. You are the church. So if the church needs revival, he's looking at you, kid. We need personal revival. I believe the Lord still has a great plan for the United States of America. I believe it. Even though we're coming to the end of age and immorality is everywhere, people live in any old way they want to, sleeping with whoever they want to, totally out of the plan and the will of God, not following God's precepts for how to do relationships, totally out of whack. I mean, you've never seen such immorality. You've never seen such evil. You've never seen such mess and chaos. People don't know if they're coming or they're going has nothing to do with who's running for the White House. How many of you know we don't need a political awakening? We need a spiritual awakening. We need a spiritual awakening. 
I'm so tired. I've decided I'm done. I'll see you in December. I ain't watching the news. I ain't watching none of it. Fight your fight if you want to. I feel the church needs to be on its knees, seeking God for the power and the presence of the Lord that we need in our country. Now, don't get me wrong. Go vote. I believe in being a good citizen and voting. But don't let it scrap and fight and divide up the body of Christ. It's already divided the whole country. It doesn't need to be in here. I'm telling you, we need to all come together under one banner, and that is the banner of Jesus Christ who loves me and gave his life for me. All this fighting and messing out there makes me so sick I can hardly stand it. Don't get me started. I don't want to hear your opinion. I don't want to hear your belief. Don't, don't be in my face cutting on me and ragging on me. I don't need to hear that. Not in, I don't think the Democrats or the Republicans going to solve anything. Jesus is going to solve it. I'm done. Time is running out. Time is running out. If we'll listen, we will hear the heart cry of God. If my people who are called by my name will get their heads out of all the worldly stuff, will get their heads out of all the, the, the filth out there and all of the busyness out there and will get themselves positioned back in a place, if my people who are called by my name. Ooh, do you not realize how important that is? Have you ever received an invitation from the Lord? Have you ever been felt or touched and felt in a service that God was speaking out your name and calling you? Do you remember the day that you got saved? Do you realize that you can't get saved unless he calls you? Do you realize you can't get saved unless the Holy Spirit draws you? Jesus looked at Thomas and he said, when, when he was telling him that he was going to go away, and he looked at Thomas looked at him and said, Lord, how do we know the way? How do we know where you're going? How, how can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he said, no man comes to the Father except the Spirit draws him. You better go back and thank God if you ever felt a desire to pray. And you better hang on to that. You ought to brace that and cherish that. Because it don't come, it don't come just like, like Walmart free giveaways. If God's made an invitation to you, listen to me, young people. It's so easy to get saved, feel like you're getting saved 100,000 times. Recommit this week and go out and smoke dope the next week. Do they still say dope? <laughs> Look at all of you. Man, there's a whole bunch of you. Good job. But listen to me. The world's trying to get you... They're trying to sucker you in to all kinds of, of things that they, man, I'm free, man. I'm free to do this, this. I'm free, man. Yeah, this is my liberty. Choir always says liberty. I'm always <laughs> Listen to me. That's not freedom. Wait till you're joining a Celebrate Recovery group to try to get off of it. 
wait until you can't get off of it. And it costs you all kinds of money. And it takes your family, it takes your wife and your kids, it takes all your, all your peace and you have nobody left. Nobody trusts you anymore. You used to be a beloved son, now you're a crook and a criminal and they don't even trust you in the house alone. It's not freedom. Just remember what pastor said, it's not freedom. Real freedom is when you're free from. You're free from, from it all. And you can look up to God and you can sleep easy on your pillow at night and you've discovered that the one who made the earth, the one who brought it all into existence, who breathed life and spoke light and firmament and fishes in the oceans, that God wants to live inside your heart. Wait till you truly discover that. We won't have to fuss with you. We won't have to fight with you to get you to go to church. We won't have to do none of that stuff. If you will just discover the one who made the stars, you'll turn your whole life over to him and you will be a redeemed child of God. Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit here this morning. He is positioning our church. He is positioning us for something I believe that is so much larger than we can imagine or think about. Mm. He's getting us ready. He's getting us ready because the grand finale is coming. Did you hear me? A few folks that resonated in your spirit, the grand finale is coming. The end of the church age is coming. The king is getting ready. He's on his white horse probably running around the corral practicing a little bit. He's getting ready. And you know what? I've, I've made up my mind. I've made up my mind, Christian. I'm going to hear that trumpet. When that trumpet sounds, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16, when it comes, when I hear that, I am going to be, I'm, I almost want to jump right now just to get ahead of it. We used to do rapture practice when we were young. Rapture practice. I need to tell you, he's coming. He's coming. Don't worry, you're not going to miss nothing. It's going to be all right. Don't worry about it. I, I, I did youth ministry for 100 years. I remember. Oh, but I want to get married, and I want to have 2.5 kids, and surely the Lord will not come until I do that, because I, I won't be able to go to the mall tonight if I can. I'm not making fun. Sounds like I am, so I'm sorry. You're not going to miss a thing. The moment you step on gold, the moment you look at flowers that are everywhere, in the walls, they're everywhere, and you smell the breezes of heaven, and you see loved ones, and you see all these famous prophets that we knew about. The moment you see Jesus, and he looks at you, and he says, I know everything about you. When you see the bridegroom, you won't worry about a wedding down here. It'll be something that'll bless you so bad. But many of you will get married. Many of you will have kids and you'll live this wonderful life just like all of them have. Raise your hand if you're happy and you know it. <laughs> but you're not going to miss nothing if it comes tomorrow. You're not going to miss a thing. You won't regret it. It's not a sad thing. It's a good thing. It's a great thing. The coming of the Lord. The Bible says, for three, the Bible says, the dead in Christ shall rise first. 
John's going to come out of that thing before you even get, you even know what's going on. You just heard the trumpet, and he's already up. Butler County Memorial is already shake, rattling, and rolling. And he's going to be looking for you. As soon as we hear that trumpet, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. So why do we get all stressed out? Why do we get all worried? Why do we all in the, have to go to the doctor to get you know, our, ourselves all together? Because we're just so stressed out. Listen, my hope is in the one who is the solid foundation and rock of my truth, Jesus Christ. My hope and my anchor. I don't need all those other things. We're blessed. It's cake icing on the cake if we get them. Fantastic. But man, don't miss this. This is the most important reason you're breathing. It's the most important reason why you have a heartbeat in your body. It's so that you will one day stand with the redeemed around the throne of God, crying, holy, worthy is the lamb that was slain. Oh, it's the greatest, greatest story you'll ever be a part of. When the angels step aside and the redeemed come walking through and we got to look at them and say, scoot over, we are part of the bride. When we know that we have been redeemed and we've walked, it's not pie in the sky. It's not made up by somebody. It is absolute truth. I've seen it played over and over in my own life. In one miracle after another, God has spoken to me. He's been with me. He has, he has had deliverance. Uh, deliverance has been in my life at many different times. He's proved himself over and over and over again. I can tell you by my own testimony, if you hang on, if you be obedient, if you don't go the way of the world, if you stick to obedience and follow faith in Christ, you will succeed and you will find that he is just as real as the very hope of your own life and heart, your family, your friends. He's just as real. It will be worth it all. Oh, I need to say that again. It will be worth it all. Don't cash it in for a little fleshly uh, satisfaction. Little worldly satisfaction. Just give me a little bit of satisfaction here on the earth. I'll forsake all of eternity for a little satisfaction here on earth. How sad. How sad for you. Trust in the Lord. Lean upon him. That verse, that verse says, if my people who are called by my name, if you've ever had that relationship, will humble themselves. Humble themselves. That's something we need to remember and we need to understand this morning. Humble. What does humbling mean? What does it mean to say we're full of humility? It means seeing our true condition. Seeing who we really are. The only way to have personal revival in your life is for you to put the mirror up to your face and genuinely get a good look at who you are. Personal revival comes when you, are, when you have integrity and you are authentic before God. You don't have to hide anything anymore. There's no more secrets. You, literally all of it is laid bare and open before God. That's when you have personal revival 
The scripture in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 13 says, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. The ground is level at the cross. The enemies tried to tell you over and over again, well, you're just not as good as some people. You're not like other people. You, you're not a, you, you don't have the, as, as much advantage or you don't have the gifts or you've come from a different background. Hey, it doesn't matter where you've come from. It doesn't matter about where, what kind of life you may have had or lived. It doesn't matter. Any of that, none of it matters. We are standing level at the foot of the cross, every one of us. There is no color difference with God. There is no race difference. There is no foreign a accent that stands out differently. I do believe he likes Australian accents a little better. Throw that in. But we're all equal in the eyes of God. We've got to look at one another. We have to understand that we're the same. We're not better than anyone else. I know our society and cultures through the generations have tried to make class differences and have tried to separate us, but we are people of God. We're humans that are born with a divine spirit and soul in us, and God loves every one of us just the same. And he will never love you any more than he loves you right now. You can't do anything to make him love you less He's a God of great power and great grace and mercy. And he loves every one of us today. And he also says, who will humble themselves, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. Folks, we need to pray. I don't know what your prayer life is like, but if it's waning, if it's lean, then you probably got a lot more struggling and trouble in your life than you want. I can definitely guarantee you that the connection to your peace and your victory and your joy is connected to the time that you spend in prayer. We need more prayer. He said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. You know what happens when you are humble and you, you've received the calling of the Lord? humble yourself and you begin to pray you've now put yourself in the right position to have a right attitude and now your prayers are going to be authentic and real and God's really going to be able to get work done in your life you know that's like someone praying Lord I just pray you'd turn the whole country Democrat Lord would you just do that would you just turn the whole country Republican Lord would you do that just I just pray for everybody to be I was trying to think of some libertarian that's not the kind of praying that gets things done. Praying selfishly, praying for selfish ambition, praying your will. No, seeking the face of God, which we get to next, is about seeking the way of God, the will of God, the intimacy of relationship with God. It means finding out what he's doing and getting in on that. That's what you want. It's important that we understand the formula, if you will, for receiving the healing and the ear of God. It's not that you and I can earn it. It's about positioning yourself so that you can hear. So that you, your faith can be, can be activated with the promises of God. When he says, if my people, 
it's not open to just anybody. It's not a general call. A lot of folks, you know, want to, out in the world, everybody wants, to, everybody wants to be with God when they need something. But this is if my people who are called by my name, those that have received the invitation of Christ, those who have accepted Christ into their hearts, this is the people he's talking to. He's not talking to every religion. He's not talking to all people. It's not about coexisting. It's not about all those things. I'm sorry, these promises are for those who believe on his name, who have accepted him as Lord, the one and only potentate, Father God, Jehovah God, his son Jesus Christ and the precious Holy Spirit. This, there is only one God, and it only makes sense. If there is only one God, why in the world would God say, but it's okay if you pray to 10 others? I'm okay with that. You know, that's like you husbands. Yeah, I'm okay. I mean, you're married to me, but, but I, I don't care if you say you're married to five other guys out there. Excuse me? It doesn't even make sense when people are like, no, we should all, you, you serve your God, I'll serve my God, and we'll all just serve God together, and it's all the same. And I'm like, well, you know what that gets you? That gets you nothing. That gets you nothing. One true God, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, my ways, my way, and turn from their wicked ways. Turn from their wicked ways. Do I need to say that again? In a, in a church of God, holiness church, is it still all right for us to say that there is obedience to God's word that we have got to turn from sin. I'm telling you, we need a revival of repentance, don't we? We need a revival of repentance. It says here, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn. It's a requirement. And turn. That means repent. That means forsake sin. Turn from it. Run from it. Look at it and hate it and turn and walk the other direction. Repenting means you turn from it. You don't just, well, you know, we're all just in this together. I'm just, I sin a little and sin a little here and sin a little there. You know, you got to have a heart towards God that says, I'm going to turn from the beggarly elements. I'm going to turn from Satan's ways. I'm going to turn from the devil's schemes and devices. I'm not going to get caught up in his traps. I'm going to serve the Lord. Lord, I've made up my mind, and I'm not going to go to the way of the world. I'm going to go your way. That means i got to say no to some relationships. i got to say no to some friendships. i got to say no to some activities. I can't just go do whatever I want. I'm making a determination that I have the Holy Spirit of God living within me, and I'm going to protect my heart. The Lord says, guard your heart, for out of it are the streams and the issues of life. Guard your heart. It's right for you and I to understand and know turning from our wicked ways means we must repent of worldly ways. We must repent of wicked ways. You can't have God... The Bible says, how does a bitter water and sweet water exist in the same? Well, it doesn't. Don't tell me you're living with Jesus in your heart when you're living like the devil on Monday morning. It isn't happening. You're deceived. I'm going to stand closer to this door over here. 
I'm going to preach from over here. No, I'm not. <laughs> we have to turn. It's time for church people to repent. What that means is you were angry, but you're not angry no more. You, you were lustful, but you ain't lustful no more. You were immoral and living wickedly one day, but now you're repenting. You're turning. You're not doing that no more. You're walking away from those things. You're turning your back on the ways of the world. You, you once were a cheater, but you're not cheating anymore. You once cheated on your wife, but you're not going to cheat anymore. You're turning and giving your life over to God. You're a brand new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Is this all right? I need, to, I need a, a vote here. This is the way we hear from God. This is the way that we'll hear from God. We all need it. It's not me pointing a finger. It's me saying we all have got to humble ourselves. We all have to pray. We all have to seek God's face. And we all have to turn from our wicked ways. And when we do that, the Bible says there is a reward. There is a promise. He said, then will I hear from heaven and I will heal your land and I'll forgive your sin. Woo. I love that. I wanted to sing just then. I am free. Thank God I'm free. Stand with me this morning. I'll, I'll, I'll land the plane. Brother Robinson, I'll land it. <laughs> Without him, I can do nothing. Without him, I'd surely fail. Without him, I would be drifting like a ship without a sail. Oh, Jesus. Sing it out. Oh, Jesus, do you know him? Today, will you turn him away? Oh, Jesus, my Jesus, without him, where? Every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. It's in Luke chapter 18 where it says in verse 8, Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Will he find faith on the earth? I call the pastors to the front, please. What are you hungry for? What are you hungry for? The greatest decision you'll ever make in all of your life is to accept Jesus Christ into your life. You might even just get as excited as I get sometimes. But you may be a quiet person and that's okay. However you connect with God, that's what's beautiful about being in this church. You can connect quietly 
or you can connect loudly. What are you hungry for today? Are you hungry for the world? Well, then you're probably waiting for us to dismiss and so you can get out of here. But if you're hungry for God, then there might be a heart beating in you faster than it's been in a long time. And maybe you're feeling like, wow, you, you don't even know what to do next. Let me help you. What you do is you respond to him. All he's looking for is for you to just say yes. That's all. God's not wanting your bank account number. He's not wanting your blood type. He's not going to take anything from you. He wants to give to you. He wants you to accept him as Lord of your life and let him start helping you live the life you were destined and he planned for you to have. He wants to touch you this morning. He wants to set you free. You've tried every other way. You've seemingly tried so many different ways and failed so many times. You just, you came in here a, a skeptic. But let me tell you something, the Lord, if, if you follow his word, it's a beautiful path to straight victory. It's an overcoming power that'll be at work in your life. Jesus gave his life for you on the cross. He didn't give his life. You know, the whole world will tell you that Christianity is a downer, that we're condemn, condemnatory, that we're judgmental, that we want to bury you and push you down. But that is a lie straight out of the pit of hell. This is a, a movement of love. It's a movement of sacrifice. It's a movement where our God gave his life. He doesn't require you to strap on something and go blow something up. He doesn't require your life. He says, I've come that you might have life, life more abundantly. He says, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But he's come to give you life. He wants to give you love. He wants to straighten out your marriage. He wants to give you a plan, a destiny. He wants to promote you and push you forward. God wants to bless your life. But he needs your cooperation today. That's all. He just needs you to let him. Let him be Lord of your life. Recognize what he's done for you. Let him be the Lord of your life. And as you do, I can testify and many hundreds others here today, those watching by online, Broadcast, they could testify to you today. It's the greatest decision that we've ever made. Are you here today and you need Jesus? If you are, would you just slip up your hand and then write back down? We're going to pray with you. God bless you. Is there anyone else? I need Jesus this morning. Pastor, I want to pray. I want to pray. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hands are going up. People are praying. People are praying. Is there anyone else We're waiting a few, few moments, just a few seconds? God bless you. I see your hand. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you. Great decision. Jesus is going to change your life. It takes courage with hundreds of people to lift your hand, but you're, you're saying, I don't care. I need help more than I need approval from people. I need Jesus this morning. Pastor, pray for me. Anyone else? Just a few moments. Just going to wait a few seconds. All right. I'm going to ask the church to do something. I'm going to ask you, if you will, those of you who can, many of you I know, I realize you cannot, and I understand due to physical challenges, if you can get out, church, as many of you as will, I know it, it would be cramped, but as many as will, would you get out right now and come with these people? If you lifted your hand, I want you to come with them. We're all going to pray together, and you're not coming alone. 
They're all coming to be with you today. Would you come down to the altar this morning? As many, I've been saved 50 years. Pastor, yes, I want you to come. Let's come together. As many as will. Come quickly. Sing that out. Sing it out. Without him, how lost I would be. Oh, Jesus. Jesus, oh Jesus, do you know him today? Come in real close if you can. Please don't turn, turn him away. much. If you're moving in as close as you feel comfortable to, let's pray right now. First, we're going to pray for our folks that have come forward to receive Jesus. And secondly, we're going to pray for us, that God send us a personal revival. And that's all the way to the back door, every one of us. But let's pray together with these folks. Let me tell you, it, it's, and I say this because it's so important to, it's not a magic formula. It's not just words that you recite and it's all over. It's got to come from your heart. What's coming out of your mouth is just a confession. That confession is part of it. The Bible says if a man will believe in his heart, or a woman will believe in his heart and confess with his mouth, he's saved. So you're making a confession. You've made one by coming down here, and now we're going to say a prayer together. That coming from your lips is your confession. What's coming from your heart is what will change your life. So we're going to change lives. We're going to be a part of helping to change lives today. It's the Lord who does it, and he's got a great plan for you right now. Let's all pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my Savior. I make you my Lord. I believe you died on the cross. You rose again. You purchased my salvation. I want to live for you. I want to be strong in you. I want revival in my life to live victorious until you come for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Welcome to the family of God. Amen. Praise God. That's simple. You say, how in the world can it be that simple? When it comes from your heart, that's the mercy and love of God. He's just waiting for you to turn to him. And the moment you do, you know what the Bible says? The Bible says that heaven... The angels of God are rejoicing right now. They're not done yet. God's probably over there like, hey, hey, the preacher's talking. Shh. I mean, they're still rejoicing. It says they rejoice over one who comes to the Lord. Imagine now with this many. Man, they're having a hoedown. And there probably was somebody down at the Baptist church. Somebody over here at the first church. All those folks, people coming to Jesus. There is a Middletown celebration party going on. I just believe that. But you... You are part of what God's doing in this church, and we're so thankful for that. I want us as a church, I want Sister Ruth, I want us to have a personal revival. I want us to hold the mirror up to our faces, and I want us to be real everywhere we go. 
I don't want us scrapping at frishes over the politics. I don't want us looking down on our nose on people because they're not like we are. I want us to be such a loving, welcoming family. You know, do you know what heaven looks like? Heaven looks like a whole lot of different cultures, races, all kinds of people, and it is so beautiful. When you think about what heaven looks like, how many of you know I love, I want our church to look a lot like heaven. So I'm telling you, I want us to be praying about how we reach out into our community, how we reach out to people, because I want people to feel like they're welcome here at Stratford Heights. And before we pray, I want to say, we are praying for you, Brother Theo. I have meant to call your name three times. Won't you come up here? Brother Theo Watts, he and Sister Gay Watts were members of our church for many years. They moved down to the Holy Land in Tennessee. (laughs) He he ministers down there. He's been an associate pastor at a church and pastored for churches, and the overseers used him different places. He's come back home. Sister Gay Watts went on to be with the Lord, if you remember, a few months ago. But we're so thankful that he's come by here today. We love you, sir. And when you come here, you don't visit. You're home. And we thank you for being home today. And I want us to pray. If you're next to your wife or a family member or even a close friend, would you just hook up with them? Find some way of connecting. Yeah, that's perfect right there. That's perfect. Just however you can connect, simple hand, whatever. All right. Let's pray for the church. Let's pray for us as individuals that God will bring a personal revival. Judy, a personal revival into every one of our hearts and lives. Okay? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we pray for it. We come to you. Lord, we are your people called by your name. We humble ourselves before you. Ask you, Lord, turn on the searchlight in our lives. Examine our ways. See if there's anything in us wicked that needs to come out. God, we want to seek your face and we want to pray. Pray until we, until we are praying more than we're talking, more than we're fellowshipping with others. God, put, put a burden of prayer on our hearts and help us. Lord, as we seek your ways, seek your, your face and your will, learning and discerning the voice of God, And, Lord, we turn from those beggarly elements, those things of this world that would take us away from being clean and clear before your presence. God, forgive us. Hear from us. Forgive us. And we thank you, Lord, for it as we know the next promise is that you will heal our land. So we are looking for an outpouring of God's power in our community and in our nation because we are one church, but we are nevertheless one church. And we are moving forward along with other brothers and sisters around this country to bring an awakening, a revival to America again. I pray, God, we see a great move of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that precedes and overtop has more victory and more celebration than any Republican or Democrat convention. God, I pray for a move of God that spreads from California all the way to New York City and down to Miami, Florida. I'm praying all the way to Puerto Rico and Alaska and Hawaii. I'm praying, Lord, for your work to be done. And we pray it not in the name of any organization. We're praying it in the name that is above every name. The name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. And everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Praise God. Praise God. Richard. Amen. Amen. As you go today, we want to remind you next Sunday is Pastor Appreciation. And right after the 1040 service, we are going to have a reception in the back. We are asking you to bring uh, appetizers, finger food, and dessert so you can eat with your hands. 
So we're going to celebrate next week. It's going to be a wonderful time. Go in the blessings of the Lord. Let the Lord change you and you change the world. God bless you. Well, if you need it.